Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we are talking about the popular Netflix show Love is Blind. We're going to get into the science of what happens to your brain and your body when you fall in love. We're also going to look at some studies that kind of prove that Love is Blind does work, all while breaking down our favorite parts of this insane television show. Hi, it's Mitch. And Greg, and welcome back to Side Note. <laughs> How's it going, Greg? Good. I hope the audio's still okay. We have these, you know, stand-up comedy mics in our hands. That's true. We're sitting in a living room. You're holding it right now, both hands, eyes closed, like you're about to sing a Sam Smith song. Yeah, I guess I get into a nice little zone when I have a mic like this. You know, it feels nice to hold it in your hand, pretend you're on stage. I just don't love that there's like all these cords around my legs. I can't move. <laughs> Get up and do a dance. TikTok. Well, oh, you must God. be used to it because you're a comedy queen okay, now. Stop. Honestly, I'm blushing. So you're literally I'm holding embarrassed. It. You're holding it like some people hold pencils like the way that you're holding your mic. Like every finger is just barely touching it. <laughs> I'm holding it. Some might say, okay. <laughs> is that pinky okay? up? Oh, pinky just barely even barely even grasping it at all. Thinking Ugh, if I it could just hover in front of my face, that's what I would want. Question. Do you feel like a different person now that you've what? done comedy for a long time and no. been on stage well i feel like before <laughs> you did comedy you almost acted like being on stage was your worst nightmare i remember in university it still is. i forced you to audition for a musical this like the university musical and you did it and i remember at the time before that you were like i don't want to do this but i was like it'll be so fun and you did it and I think you hated and loved it at the same time. But you've come so far now. Like, you're on stage for our job as ASAP Science, but also for comedy. It's like all you do. It's like someone loves the attention. Wow. Okay, you were compliment, compliment, and ended with a bit of a drag. <laughs> um, no, I do not feel like I, my, I have changed at all. But I guess when it comes to going on stage, it's like much... That's the one thing that has changed. I'm less scared. I'm still... It's still a scary thing to do, but... I've done it enough. You're just more, you're just like you're at home. You're at peace. No, I am in no way at home. I'm just saying it's <laughs> more less scary, and I okay. it's such a high. It's, it's a high to go on stage, and um, so I know what that feels like now. That's all. Okay, well, talking about a high, I'm so excited to get into what we're talking today. Obviously, we have a few things to get through first, but I <laughs> we obviously mentioned last week that we are going to talk about. Love and there's is a blind. lot of science behind Love Is Blind. Like, yeah, literally, whoever thought of this, I think, was doing a little tippy tappity on the researchgate.com. Yes. Uh, so why don't we just jump into the app so we can get to Love Is blind oh what did we learn this week so i know we are listening to talk about love is blind but first we have our what did we learn this week and mine is about economics okay <laughs> far right veer from where we're gonna yeah. go yeah <laughs> so we're getting off the highway for a little uh little detour on oh, this one although highway, such an la reference <laughs> okay wow <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of economics though i'm sure love is blind is making bank for netflix I, I bet anyone who does doesn't that, have Netflix is thinking, well, I got to get it now. It's interesting not to like derail this too much, but when a show does well on Netflix, do they make more money? Like when a show does well, yes, obviously. Because people are actually going to sign up now because they right. might want to watch Love is Blind. Okay. Yeah. But it, traditionally a network would then put a, a popular show in the prime time slot and charge more for ads. Yes, right? that's true. So it's a different. It's just interesting model, to think yeah. like. Do you think the show got paid a certain amount and now they're like, excuse me, but I guess season two, they would be like, well, Mitch now. is really banking on <laughs> season two. I'm like, I think okay. the magic's gone. Okay, oh we'll get into that later. Okay. okay, so this is just quickly, um, like, <laughs> so trying to think about like climate change and the Green New Deal, economics is a very important aspect of all of these things, which is not something I ever learned about in school. I went to school for science and visual art, like 
Econo- we used to go into our science classes after economic classes and like everyone would be leaving in like suits and blouses and we'd be like wait you have to dress up okay yeah like glad i didn't take that course in like pajamas <laughs> i know and i'd be like okay mm, this is like <laughs> wow you guys look great is that are you learning how to dress because i hope you'd <laughs> well, be learning how to like part of run the economy <laughs> yeah I, that's so that is honestly a true story we would always see people in suits so obviously even economics even that concept i definitely have had like a stereotypical view of who an economics major is i mean it's okay. predominantly men in my head i'm like okay they're like yo bro and like playing like yo, i always get the stocks bro let's do shots yeah, and it scares me i'm like wait we're leaving the economy to like literal meatheads like that's my <laughs> picture so i've been looking into like you know, which is obviously not true. It's not <laughs> true, but there's a huge gender issue in economy and okay, e- fair in economics. But science too, honey. You didn't say anything about that when you were in science. No, class. I know. <laughs> I, I know there's a huge issue. <laughs> no, actually, in the general the sciences, there's a lot more women. Fair. Uh, but when you go high up at like a lot of STEM institutions, mm-hmm. not so much. Uh, more on that later. Wow, we are jumping around. Okay. Um, okay, so I've been looking into like a variety of economists that I find interesting and who are like really smart, and so. Something that I definitely sometimes you're so weird. It's like what, what you've been looking into a certain economists. I'm like, where do you? Have well, the I just time? I just well because I truly like my listen to podcasts twenty four seven at one point five <laughs> times the speed, so I get lots of information there, and then that sparks my curiosity, and then I read it. Sometimes an edible is involved, and I read and I read and I read. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, uh, anyways, so essentially, I feel like with hyperbole and exaggeration, sometimes I say like, like. F capitalism, like anti-capitalism. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these really intelligent um, economists who are in no way like, you know, crazy right wing individuals or crazy conservatives are like, it's not worth saying that. Okay. It's not saying like capitalism has brought amazing things to this world. It's mm-hmm. advanced things like in a specific way. The ability to buy things has created, you know, our ability to live and prosper in so many ways that it's not really an astute thing to say. So okay. I've realized, okay, cool. That kind of like triggered me. And I was like, okay, I need to stop saying. Interesting how when the economist says it, you listen, but I've been saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, it does help when they're an economist. <laughs> they like have it a does. degree. In, yeah. And I am usually, I'm exaggerating usually as a joke, right. but I'm and just realizing that point. like, there's no point in saying something like that if you don't have, you know, an exact explanation as to why you could say that. So mm. this is what he, this is what this specific economist gave to me when I was reading, which was that, but to say that capitalism right now is working is a huge mistake. He compared it to someone who was, say, a scientist or a physicist physicist during the time of the telegraph and saying, oh, the telegraph is the most advanced way to communicate. And it's like, no, it's not. Right. There's so much more we can do. And in fact, the biggest issue that capitalism, free market capitalism has created right now, arguably one of the biggest issues is wealth inequality. Mm-hmm. So we can all see that. So. One right, it it has given us something, but it's definitely not perfect, and it needs to be improved. Yeah, like it's out of control, maybe in many ways. So what he says is obviously something that we all need to be doing and figuring out a way to do is tax the rich, vote appropriately, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is one thing that's like okay, interesting, interesting. When it comes to universal basic income, which is like another thing a lot of economists talk about, even like raising the minimum wage, is are all things that I think are really important, and they agree. But they have, you know, all these really interesting nuanced arguments back and forth about how that would work. But one thing that stood out to me is they were like, maybe one of the best ways to actually create effective mitigation of wealth inequality is to remember that, like, it's important to unionize and it's important to have, like, like labor resistances to actually have like groups of people working in a specific business be like okay i'm aware of how much money this is making i'm aware of what i'm getting paid and then actually like striking and figuring out ways to raise their wages through that can be a more nuanced like power to the people way to like move economics which i thought was interesting because i'm like yeah okay there's people there's teachers striking in ontario right now it's like that's true like they know bigger class sizes aren't going to be helpful for them and for society they strike that's important like when you're a citizen and you notice that people are you know forming unions for example like in silicon valley like that's important right as it's trying to protect it's like a it's almost like an arms race in some ways and if you if one gets carried away like in an animal's arms race if one animal wins the other one goes extinct and it's like the unions help to balance out that uh unchecked capitalism exactly and it's a sense for like the people who are helping to this like this entity of capitalism to thrive should not be taken advantage of and so come together to create forces that can balance things yeah exactly and i think that that's just like an interesting answer for me so it's like okay like when i have 
you know, conversations with people and like, you know, trying to talk about things. It's like, oh, I'm pro union. I'm pro like like people actually figuring out and striking for like valid wages. It's just a new thing I've like put into my head. So you won't say you think like capitalism should die, you mean? Yeah, no, it's like, like it's a more nuanced answer. Yes, it's like like for example when there's yeah. but uh, it's obviously not 100% bad. And a lot of conservative-minded people actually will say, like, they're anti-union or they'll come at you with these sort of, like, um, and, and for a variety of reasons, historical reasons, whatever. And then I would, like, say to that, I would always have a hard time understanding, like, what I say to that. And now I would be like, oh, I actually think unions are a really, and, like, labor movements are a really important part of, like, mitigating out-of-control out wealth <laughs> inequality <laughs> within the society. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, moving on, because we still talk about love is blind. This is well, a lot. we're going to get there. Oh, I just sorry, sorry, have sorry. one extra thought oh, on Oh, no, that. I'm glad that. I'm glad. Sorry. Um, sorry. Basically, I think it reminds me a little bit of... Uh, vaccine hesitant people in some ways you're not supposed to say anti-vaxxers we learned that the hallway yeah we used to call (laughs) them baby killers (laughs) okay so basically i kind of feel like a lot of people who are hesitant or don't trust vaccines have been so far removed from the benefits of what vaccines have provided because they kind of establish a baseline for our world and health that those people are able to have the privilege to think that vaccines could do something bad, right? When it's actually like they are preventing a lot of bad things as Mm -hmm. well. And so I think there's, this is not a perfect analogy or metaphor. It's just like, I do think people who instantly jump to because I agree that capitalism has caused so many issues in this world, but we can also think of it in some ways it was a vaccine for uh, many parts of the world. It created stability. It created opportunity. It created people to have health and wealth and the medical systems to come together, I think. And so we kind of are so privileged sometimes to be able to forget that. Yeah, it's a good like, analogy, I think. To say capitalism is just shit, but you, what you just said is such a better way to think about it. It's like there are still major problems with it, and we should always be trying to challenge it and improve it and use the best parts of it. And it's the same with vaccines. Like, sure, if there are legitimate concerns, we should actually look at those. Yeah. But let's stop pretending that vaccines are actually the bad thing. It's funny. I also think even just between the two of us, it's like we try really hard to not tell everyone that we're feeling sick again. And it's like we keep saying like PayPal and like weird words off wrong. And I'm like, I wonder if it's because we're actually sick in our brain. <laughs> like I'm like, are people listening? Like they keep saying words wrong. <laughs> it's like we're trying right. so hard. Okay. Your what turn. did I learn this week? This will be pretty quick. Um, have you heard of Aphantasia? I've heard of the Disney movie Fantasia. Yeah, not I've heard of the a Fantasia. Brilliant black now gospel <laughs> singer named Fantasia. Oh my gosh. Okay, that was like a travesty that season. I mean, she won, but then I also think of Jennifer Hudson and I just I'm See, like See, this is a reality show guru. I'm like, "What season?" Uh, I'm like, I, "You mean cuz she was on American Idol?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It was like the, she had to split the vote with Jennifer I actually Hudson know cause... her from leading uh the Broadway revival of The Color Purple. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's continue. Uh, okay. So basically Aphantasia is people, and there's a lot of people who have this and don't know they have it until they're told, who cannot visualize anything in their mind. So if I say to you, whether you close your eyes or leave them open, picture the sun, picture your house. Do you actually see it? Like I I think so in a visual way, like through neurology, yes. Yeah, yeah. There are people who, like, come to realize. So this was spread around recently on the internet. There was, like, viral threads on Reddit where people are like... They go, wait, what? Yeah, they go, I thought that was always, like, a metaphor. Just an idea to be like, oh, picture this and picture this idea. Or close your eyes and visualize this people realize they don't have that ability and it's like a medical diagnosis i don't think it's like necessarily sorry not a medical diagnosis but there's been studies on people who actually cannot imagine things wow isn't that crazy (laughs) well i just am like you know it reminds me of like synesthesia in a way where i'm like i want to know what that feels like right like we don't have synesthesia yeah, exactly. And like, I can't. They don't have a fully really. Oh, you'd like to be able to see like. Or I'm just or being like, like colorblind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, that, you know how they can do those colorblind tests where you can kind of see what the feeling might be like, where you right. start to struggle. I'm like, I just can't. I'm, I'm like, do I picture my house? Like, you, I do. Yeah, well, yes. So some people literally can't at all. Nothing in there. You do F- fMRI? Uh, no, the, the main studies, it is self reported. So the main studies I've done would be like on a scale of one to okay, five. Okay, they just want attention. I'm kidding. That's actually a horrible <laughs> thing to say about like anyone who has any sort of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Erase that. 
basically, I love how like we have a producer. Edit that out. It's truly <laughs> we're sitting in the living room right now, <laughs> and I'll be editing this shortly. Oh, or me. Oh, Hello. Yeah. Okay, sorry. One of us. <laughs> uh, but basically, it would be like on a scale of one to five, how vividly, like five being real life, how vividly do you see your house in your mind, or are you able to bring it to your mind? And I remember in university, and still to this day, you would say you would like imagine your textbooks in exams so you would yeah. close your eyes and you would picture where on the textbook or on this page of your study notes you remember it being and that would sort of help you it doesn't mean you're literally seeing mostly it. diagrams not like words yeah so much, but, but yeah but somebody with this would never even comprehend that that would be an option wow i just thought that was so i cool. wonder if fantasia has to do with being imaginative thinking about the movie it's like all about like kind of imaginative scenes aphantasia i think is an interesting huh. one too does right. Fantasia mean in my I don't know. Etymology. I honestly want to, like, if there an etymology podcast, because I... That's a really good idea. That, wait, don't steal this. <laughs> but, like, I always think that it's... Or do steal this. I don't know. I think that that would be a cool idea. Like, a word, and then just, like, going through the history of it. I love etymology. Not yeah. entomology. Although I love entomology, too, the study of insects. Okay, let's move okay, on. Okay, well, like, what is the meaning of love? love That's where we're about to go. Uh, find the note. Find the note. Please find the note. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was bad. Study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. I am so excited to talk about this. Okay. We need to explain what Love is Blind first for the two people who haven't seen it. The most popular show right now on Netflix in Canada, in America, probably around the world. Yeah, I have been watching. Okay, let's explain. Love is Blind is just a Netflix reality TV show where the premise is for the first, like, I don't know, five days, these people are put in these pods and they get to talk to each other and interact like a dating show, like blind dating, but they never get to see each other. They get little moleskins to write down like notes about each other, like to remember like what Anthony said because they don't have like a face to put it to. I was also reading recently, they would spend 16 hours a day dating in these pods. Oh my gosh. That's all. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And they're always like, drinking and getting a little (laughs) wasty-wasty. They gave them ample alcohol on the show. Let me tell you After that part, the... Also, I think this podcast is going to have spoilers, right? (laughs) Well, we're not... We're not good... Okay. Okay. If you have not watched Love is Blind, you can definitely listen to this podcast because we're not going to spoil to the point that it matters. But... We won't say, like, Let's say premises and let's talk about characters, but let's not give away any of the end. Okay. We won't say the end, but... There's a way to talk about it very easily. There will be probably some spoilers that might slip based on who makes it to the second rounds because we're talking about them more. Yeah, but but we won't spoil the end. Yeah. So if you really are worried about that, you should stop listening. And also, I would argue, mm, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Truly, the show is... Beautiful, beautiful garbage. Okay. Anyways, continue. Greg doesn't appreciate reality TV because to call it garbage is actually an attack on my interests. <laughs> okay. Continue the explanation if you think. Um, all I was saying is this is maybe partly a spoiler of the format is after like the first three episodes, they then, some of them propose to each other and they go into the real world and go through a series of things. They get four weeks before they have to get married. Yeah. So it's very, very quick. Uh concept of falling in love and the beginning of falling in love involves not being able to see the other person for an extended period of time only hearing them yeah and you propose before you, you ever even see, see them. them yeah so which the you idea think would was... be the end of the season but no it, it does go on i know i actually I thought that, that was yeah i yeah, at first i was thinking this premise is also insane which it still i believe is but i think that's what makes it so fascinating and it, it, i at first i was like oh boring i'm just gonna see people talk through a wall and then it yeah. quickly goes nope you're yeah. gonna see the meat and then you're gonna see them try and like make it work yeah. and it's like all of those parts of it i was like okay this is actually juicy 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 like an orange from california so addictive because also it's so surreal that you're like how is this happening i could somewhat relate because i understand like because i've been on big brother not to the love part but just being in an environment that changes the way you think so i can understand a lot of them on social media were like social media have been saying you know you don't understand what it's like to be in that space okay i can get into my first study then if you think that that is this it's about this okay yeah if we think we have explained it enough yeah uh, i think so you get the idea people know the idea is can you fall in love with someone without seeing them and then would that last and it's absolutely like the characters are great who's your favorite character okay (laughs) who's my favorite okay i'm going to go just like begin with the um, assumption that we don't like particularly like any of these people. Okay. Obviously I like Lauren. The yeah. Most. yeah, yeah Lauren. There's a very down to earth, like, like would be a great friend, extremely normal, intelligent woman who is on this show. <laughs> yeah. And she just really stands out as someone who I'm just like, every time she's even on the screen, I'm just like, 
solid person. She also kind of acknowledges like this is weird. Yeah. And kind of crazy. Yeah. And I know you all think I'm crazy. So obviously she's my favorite as like a person, but like entertainment wise, it's like Jessica's iconic. Okay, there's a girl <laughs> named Jessica and it's like perfect. Of course her name's Jessica. I remember on Laguna Beach there was a girl named Jessica and they was like, Jessica. Oh my god, Jessica. And like she's the reincarnation of Jessica. Is. She's Jessica. Cummings. And she changes Jessica. her voice. She's like, hey, oh my God. And like, she like, sit, she'll go, she'll like do her confessionals and be like, I don't know if I want to date this dude. And then she'll like be in the pond. She'll be like, hey, hello. Oh my God. Hi. Really? That's I like so that. Funny. Oh my God. You like Jesus too? I like that. And then she'll be like, I don't know. I didn't feel that good. And I'm like, she changes her voice oh a lot. So funny. Wasty, wasty all the time. I think Mark's so hot, even though she can't connect sexually with him or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, honestly, they're all dud duds to me. Like I don't know, but they're, they're just entertaining. Yeah, and like they're 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 enjoyable to watch because they're like they're like um, not afraid of looking bad. Like they're not particularly funny. Like they're so sincere mm. and they're kind of square. But then they do these things. It's it's cringy. It's cringe television kind of. Like for me, I'm like, I right. can't even watch you propose right now. This is so cringy. You're such a like weird yeah, person. Yeah, because they're also on camera. But I think because they've been filmed for so long that they probably get so used to being around cameras. But when you're watching, I always am like, how are they doing this in front of like, there's probably six people on the other side of the camera. And there's like it also like an audio person, a person holding the mics, like a person looking at the screen who's the producer. Like it can't they have to be aware of that. And as a queer person, I'm like, are straight people truly this simple? Like I'm just like <laughs> like there's a guy named Barnett who's just like, I don't know, tall and like kind of doofusy and like all the girl like he's just like the epitome of like a bro. Yeah. And they all like love him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. is it that easy to just be like kinda dumb and then like occasionally like, he'd, he'll, like, make jokes, like, in quotation marks, and they'll be like, you're so freaking funny. <laughs> like, it's just like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, it just, it's just, like, I don't know. I'm just, it's it's a weird world. Yeah. But uh, it's obviously entertaining. I clearly could talk about it for Okay, hours. go to your study so we can talk more about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. Okay, so I just, obviously, the concept of love is blind, like, is kind of interesting. Yeah, and there's a lot of studies and, like, ways that you can actually... Um, look at people's brains while they're in love and I think that's something that we've done actually lots of videos on this we made a video called the science of love which is about what happens in your brain when you're in love and it kind of explains why they're able to be so cringy and actually like maybe propose to each other without seeing each other Mm. and so that's like this study that I specifically found and I'm just going to pull out some interesting parts from it which was that in humans, like pair bonds, like the passionate, intense love that really fires in the like ventral tegmental area. That's what we talk. We'll talk about a lot in this episode. It's sort of a part of your brain and neurology. It involves dopamine and hormones that fires when you are first in love with someone and passionately in love with someone, which I think is happening to the people on this show. It usually lasts in a relationship for about four years. Like after those four mm. years, you will, you will you inevitably biologically that. come down. You will lose that passionate love. That doesn't mean you can't have like an amazing relationship and still keep it up in many ways. But like this initial sort of firing in neurology dies down. And they also say, do I just want to say something? What? You don't have that for me anymore? No, I'm not. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> so that's what you're trying to tell me. No. That's what you want to tell me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not black and white like that. It's just they've noticed that that right. is like the, that makes like sense. the kind of I don't crazy. got that for you anymore, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. But coincidentally, that's about the amount of time that human infants require, like the heaviest amount of investment to improve their chances of survival. So it's like I did an, not understand what you just said. So from an evolutionary perspective, four years is about how long it takes to ensure that a in- human infant can go from being oh, like a newborn infants. baby okay. to four years old. It's like at that point, it's like, okay, this is like a fully formed thing. For example, if there was no longer love or if like a man or a woman was to leave, that infant would be able to, you know, more likely be able to grow without two parents. I just need to like stop though. Did you bring it that up? Am I understanding this correctly? You're saying love in general. So a parent's love for a child? Pas- no, for each other. Passionate love okay. for your spouse pair bonding within humans passionate love lasts for about four years from a biological evolutionary perspective they're like that's interesting because it takes about four years for like at four years old a kid 
is like much more likely to be able to survive with say one parent or rather than needing both. And evolutionarily we're saying if someone fell in love, they'd be more likely to have a kid immediately. Like, they yes, be it a would choice. be like, it was, it's more l- relating back to the hunter gatherer like, vibes. Like having a child and now you yeah. that love stays for four years. And then yeah. around it's, that time, I know that's evolutionary like biologists who like right. do a lot of reaches. I must say when I read evolutionary <laughs> biology papers, I'm like, that's fine. You just get to like, look at something and then be like, I'm an evolutionary biologist. And I think <laughs> this, and it's like, it, it's, it's always really fun. As okay. No, that is interesting. I think I understand it now. Okay. Yeah. Does that does make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I just, yeah. I thought that was cool, but it is a stretch. So, in uh, like, so they actually do fMRI um, research, and they found that when you are in love and in this like stage of intense love, um, you actually lose the ability to have what are known as mentalizing skills, which actually sort of have to do with being like having insight into your own feeling, um, being able to like understand emotional regulation, almost like decision making processes. Like a lot of these things that when you watch the show, you're like, how the hell Mm. are they proposing to each other after not seeing how the hell are they acting like this on camera? But what they found is that in the study, when you are passionately in love and literally they study people's brains they understand that oh you've actually your brain has been hijacked in this insane way that you've lost the ability to kind of understand like emotional regulation understand how to make proper decisions and you go a little bit like you know off the rails yeah which is kind of what they're doing and it made me be like kind of simple like see or understand understand why it was how could someone do this how can this be real like the first four episodes that's all i kept saying is how the hell can this be real they seem authentic this is stupid they're stupid Hmm. but then i was reading this the neurology of your brain from this one study and i was like okay like it explains it that makes sense. And I mean, I'm sure there's so much we don't see on the cutting room floor because they did try and date like 20 people, you know, like there's it's not like they only met one person. They were all mixing and matching for 16 hours a day. And then they probably started narrowing it down to being like, oh, these four people I like, I'm going to spend more time with them. OK, these two people I like. So you don't see necessarily that they were probably so much more reasonable when they didn't connect with someone. They would have been like, Oh, I don't really like that person. I'm obviously not just trying to fall in love with anyone. And studies do show that uh, physical attraction is not nearly as important as emotional attraction. That's that a makes separate sense. study that I found. And that makes sense. I think that's probably the basis of what this show was. Like yeah. people are trying to be like, can I actually understand? Like, can you just fall in love? Based but on I would say that love, especially in today's age is so much more than even your personal relationship to the person. Like, what I do you mean, well, without spoiling anything, obviously it's a, a whole new set of challenges when you live with someone. It's a whole new set of challenges when you have to balance and compromise oh, your yeah, life with yeah, them. True. Rather so than love just talking through a is wall. not just the connection you have with someone. It's like your ability to mesh with them and to compromise. And I just think, yeah, it's, I, we sometimes see love as this like singular thing, which has to do with your feelings. But if you don't, it, which it is, obviously, like when you first meet someone, you don't know them well, you connect with them. But to love someone for a long time is to be able to do so many more things than just like love them. And it's interesting because it's like even sexual attraction, a lot of the like like neurologists that I was reading about when they were talking about sex and finding out if someone's sexy, they're like, you can only really know that from having sex with someone, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And I was like, Oh no, you could, you know, be flirting and that would be considered like sexual. And they were, the neurologists were like, no, that's more romantic. That mm-hmm. is actually more and sex in, is different. Sex is different. And if you being, don't do it, you won't know. Yeah. And sex is like, and, and maybe actually understand a lot about like monogamy and be like, Oh, whoa, this is interesting. Like you could definitely have a romantic love for someone and have less of a sexual connection. And there was also another point where I was reading and in one of the studies they talked about in this, like, you know, how sometimes when you read science studies and you're like, they say things with like purpose. And then they have the quote with like, they have the like little like bracket and they have like the names from the other study. And it's like one sentence that yeah. they've used, but they've taken from another study. Yeah. And you're always like, wait, can I just, like how do that. I go to that? Yeah, yeah. Or you go read and you realize, okay, it's a much more nuanced thing than that. Oh, but one they're sentence. just taking the one sentence. Like, girl, you are reading science today in two double entendre ways. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that from the show? Don't they? Do- no, no, that was, that was from, from RuPaul. Okay. So Nicki Minaj was like, no. double entendre. Yeah, it's like you double entendre. I was like, wow. now I'm like, I just want to be doing that all yeah. the time now. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what it also said was that romantic love is usually don't want the polyamorous people to come for me with between 
you know, two people, you and one other person. Whereas sexual attraction and like sexuality usually is something that you can find in a lot of people at once. Hmm. So you could be like, for example. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Neurologically, passionately in love, that usually happens with one person when you go crazy, when your brain does mm. the things like the fMRI scan says in the study. Whereas sexual attraction, the you know, wanting to right, have sex... Lost. That can exist like simultaneously for five people at once. Not orgy vibes, even just being That's on your interesting. phone. That's interesting. I, like, I want to have sex I, with these five people and it's not as yeah. meaningful. I'd love to talk to like a polyamorous person about their perspective on on being in love with multiple people. And if there are different degrees. And Because for me also, I think you can love people in more ways than one. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. I love many of my friends. And yeah. in, in different ways. So I don't see why I couldn't if I was actively trying to love more than one human in, in terms of like a loving romantic relationship. Yeah. So that kind of contradicts what you're saying. But I don't know. That's why I'd be interested to have someone who's polyamorous maybe like defend that position and be like, no, I actually do love three people. Yeah. I think that's why polyamory is sometimes a really hot button conversation and a lot of people you know try and parse out could i do it could i not who aren't polyamorous because i think it is it is a challenge for a lot of people to picture themselves sure. loving more than one person but yeah. obviously it's possible yeah because i just think like you love more than one person like yeah. maybe not romantically but i love lots of people in my yeah. life and i think like oftentimes my view of romantic relationship is like the best friendship you have with physical attraction on top of it yeah but i obviously think it's bigger than that but anyway Wow, Love is Blind's getting us chit-chatting, chit-chatting. Should we take a little break? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about what happens when you fall in love. Yes. Because it's actually crazy. We're going to talk about the body and your brain. It's kind of like doing cocaine. It's kind of like doing cocaine. So when we come back doing cocaine um, and talking about... Which I must say, (laughs) it does seem like some of the people on this show could easily be on cocaine at all times. Oh my God. Okay, we'll touch on that in just a second. What do you mean they seem like they're on cocaine? That's okay. a big claim. That is a big claim, but they, they definitely really, aren't. No, they're definitely not. You're right. They're drunk. They're Oh, they're definitely drunk a lot. That's drunky, true. drunky. Which is something like ethically I find kind of yes, weird about this I show. I would say that, I mean, that's an ethically weird thing about most reality shows. I think it's a really handy, easy tool for producers to use to get dramatic things to happen. Uh, But you said when you were on Big Brother that they didn't give you that much alcohol. So here's the problem with Big Brother because they cannot intervene. So if I think if things get out of control, they actually can't do anything. Whereas on a show like this, there's producers, there's people around. So they don't want it to get too bad. I think on Big Brother and I don't like this isn't opening secrets or anything, but we would be given like a little bit at a time. Sometimes we'd get to have parties, but they would they would um, give us like you if you don't watch Big Brother, like you're locked in a house and you don't interact with anyone but the people in that house. So they would put drinks in a locked room like the pantry. Then it would get unlocked. We would go get a round of drinks and be like, yay, start having fun. And then maybe they'd give us more in 20 minutes. And I then cannot they would believe be you're a lab rat. That's insane. That's, that's a lab but rat. But because I think also when you're in that environment, you can get drunk way faster because we hadn't drank for a long time. And so things would sometimes get out of control and then they can't stop what's happening. But that's it. what's happening in this show. Love is blind and it's juicy. Yeah, juicy. I think these shows rely on it a little more like 
even I don't watch things like Housewives or those kind of. Maybe that's not. They a definitely good do. All like I ever see from that is people throwing drinks in each but other. But I know face. like Big Brother's not really a drinking show. They want it to be a strategy show. Sometimes they want it to have like a little <laughs> bit of the trashy. Angle. I think Big Brother doesn't know what it wants. I'm sure, like, you're just it, not a fan. But <laughs> definitely, it's different than it's. It's more like Survivor than it is like The Bachelor. So, like, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, like, they often drink because they want them to loosen up and feel comfortable with all these cameras around. But Big Brother, you're constantly surveilled. You don't remember those cameras there. And it's a game. Like, yeah. you're playing a strategy game. Anyway, where were we? Why were we, we should be this? talking about what happens. Oh, in I your just body found it interesting. It was it was hard for me to watch in some ways because I was, like, I always have those ethical implications of... Oh, them being Especially drunk. near the end when you see some... Like, it's hard. You're You're... Putting people to be in love and and also betting and hoping that some of them will have the worst experience of their life, right? As producers, that's what you want. You want some of them to fall in love and you want some of them to think they fall in love but then actually fall out of love. Jessica gave the producers yummy, yummy, yummy. Which is the best TV I've (laughs) almost watched ever. Okay, so you like watching people make fools of themselves? No, I don't. It's just really difficult not to watch, right? Okay, because I don't find it, it hard to watch and like... At first, I really liked it because I, you know, she really, they kind of painted her as a villain. But the more and more I started to watch it, I was like, I don't want to keep watching this person get drunk and make a fool. Of no, I don't. I don't actually like it, but it's hard to turn away from. Yeah. That's all it's I like mean. like watching and a train. And it's like you said, it's so shocking that these people are doing this. It's almost unbelievable that they seem like such characters and it. I don't know. Okay, let's explain that. Yeah. Okay. The ventral tegmental area. That's like. Well, okay. Yeah. Generally, thing. I just want to talk about. Well, I mean, we start. We ended the last segment mentioning how when you're in love, your brain actually looks similar to somebody who's taking cocaine or is on cocaine, because uh, it basically it acts on the pleasure centers of your brain, cocaine and love. Somebody who's in love by basically lowering the threshold that those pleasure centers fire at. So what that means is. When you're in love, suddenly, not just the person you love, like especially if you're in love with someone, everything they do is going to make your brain fire more easily than it would have, but also everything around you. So if someone's nice to you at the grocery store, that's going to feel even better when you're in love because it's like exciting and it feels like you're just going to be stimulated. Sorry, I just saw you getting distracted and I was like, you're not listening to me. No, no, I am. I'm, fo- I'm literally following along because I'm trying to look at my notes too and I'm like, this is exact. You're like literally saying in the order that I would say it. Oh, That's okay. all. No, I'm listening, like extra listening while whilst reading. Um, and so basically, I was just trying to say when you're in love, it doesn't just impact your relationship. It impacts your entire world. And too. like everything becomes better and you also feel painless literally oh yeah I you, about that. yeah that's because that that's what i was just reading too is that your pain and aversion centers fire less which is like also made me think about this show like you know they would be a little bit euphoric while they're falling in love with each other which would allow them to you know maybe be less aware of like how weird it is that they're on tv right. filming this. <laughs> yeah that part's the craziest for me where i'm just like how do you some of them seem a little more aware of it, but then some of them are almost happy to play it up. I mean, there is a certain type of person who goes on a reality show, and obviously they're not all the same. That's why I thought um, like Lauren was so interesting because she was so self-aware in the yeah, show. Yeah, but still was and like... Sometimes I actually think she looked uncomfortable on camera that it made it almost confusing because I was like, she's saying she likes him, but she looks uncomfortable. But then in her confessional, she'd be like, I really like this guy. And I was like, oh... Your body language is maybe lying because you feel uncomfortable. Because you're on you're TV. On camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's also, not normal. Like the way it's like called, it's like A10 cells in the ventral tegmental area are what really fire when you are saying that you are passionately in love. So that's how they study this is that they find people who just say, I'm passionately in love, newly yeah. in love. And then mm-hmm. they look at their brain, they show them photos of their partner, person they're in love with, and they watch the brain react. And it's also similar parts of the brain associated with like wanting motivation and craving. And those are like words that I thought, huh, I see those words play out in this show. Mm. There's a lot of like craving and like motivation and like wanting like that, you know, when they're being held from each other visually, when they can't see each other, it kind of like increases that, like intensifies like their love, which I think helps me understand again, why this actually probably worked. Yeah. And then also they say that if you're dumped or broken up with that same part of your brain fires and sometimes even more than when you're passionately in love, which can lead to why when you're dumped by someone, you become like you obsessed want, yeah. with them. 
And it's like, I feel like there's a bit of a plot line of that yes. in this <laughs> show or, sure. where there's someone who is seemingly like not chosen by someone and therefore They're goes kind of still crazy and is obsessed with them. And yeah. I was like, that's explained neurologically. It's like mm-hmm. your brain fires more in the areas of passionate love for a person who has said no to you, mm-hmm. which is a really that s- you think you almost had, but didn't get it actually explains FOMO I was looking into it and it's like that's what FOMO is it's 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 similar parts of your brain it's like the excitatory parts being like firing almost as much so your brain gets so intense when you feel like you're missing out oh that's so sad it's sad it's like you're almost feeling what it feels like to be doing the thing but you're not so it makes it like worse Uh, I know oh my gosh FOMO is just like being broken up with yeah it is i'd like that though because i feel like suffering from fomo just knowing again it's chemicals in your brain can help you be like okay reaction yeah it's not real you can contextualize well that's actually brings up my next point that i thought it was interesting to read about how love isn't just an emotion it's actually a drive so if we think about it a drive from your mind that is basically like an evolutionary trait because obviously to be in love, to have that drive, to be intensely focused on someone and have energy for it, and then you feel elated, it's all for the purpose of connecting with someone and creating a community or creating a bond and like raising children or not that everyone has to do that, but being part of a community, have having strong bonds with people. It just makes you realize that so much of it is weirdly out of your control. Not, yeah. not out of your control, but just... Especially when you're on a show where they're literally like, everything's out of your control. We're, yeah, we're gonna control it's it. funny to think about love as a drive, as this like evolutionary drive. Also, um, something about aesthetics, when you're passionately in love, they, it's so funny they use that word all the time in these studies. But when you're very in love and you look at a photo of a really, really, really hot person <laughs> next to the photo of the person you love who just like assume is not as hot as this hot person, <laughs> like your brain, that that like the part of your brain that understands aesthetics and even like, you know, what like visual aesthetics and pleasure will see the hot person in fire and be like, that person's hot. Yeah. But the actual part of your brain involved with like love and passion right. will fire way more for the person that you're in love with. So it kind of makes you realize that whole, like they fell in love with each other without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. That is extremely meaningful compared totally. to having to like be turned on by someone. Yeah, and there's so many levels of love going back to that thing where... Because in the show, they talk about physical love versus emotional love. When they're in the pods, they're having an intense emotional love with each I other. I love that they have to call them the pods. pods. <laughs> they're always like, back in the pods, things were different. It's like, yeah, no shit. Um, something else that I love to find out is like the mesolimbic dopamine system, part of your brain, is what gets stimulated when you're in love. And when they stimulate this... If they stimulate this part of your brain when you're learning, you actually learn way more easily because it's considered pleasurable and you enjoy learning more. So you actually learn better. How do you, how do you hijack that to learn better? I'm sure they probably literally put like little electrodes in their brain and just like stimulated it while people were studying. And then they probably were like, I love studying as a person. (laughs) That's why it's like eat like sugar candy while doing it or like, Uh, Oh, just just do a bit of cocaine while you're learning. Maybe honest. I I forget what I remember a long time ago. We did something on this study that where they, I forget exactly. I think they honestly put electrodes into their brain and stimulated it while they were studying. And as a result, the people felt more enjoyment from studying and as a result, learned more. I guess that's honestly the job of a teacher. It's like, how do you create environments where people are learning while simultaneously having fun and pleasure? And like, that is like kind of what like a practical or an experiment in a science class can do. Mm-hmm. It's being like, okay, this is obviously like science, but like, let's make it fun. Let's make something explode or something <laughs> like that so that you actually have like, that part of your brain fire that has to do with like excitement. Um, my last fact about falling in love is that people have lower levels of serotonin, which they say is similar to people with OCD. Uh, and that links what, to when the, they're in love, they have lower when they're levels in love, of which links to this idea of like obsessive and infatuated. Oh, yeah, I was reading about that. It, it, it contributes to obsession. Yeah. Wait, so but actually linked to people with OCD? Uh, people with OCD have lower levels of serotonin. Oh, wow. Because And they create like obsessive behaviors around things. So it's like maybe that is linked to like... I mean, if there's one thing I can say about the show, that people see, seem obsessed. Like there is an obsession there that makes it 
thrilling to watch because uh-huh. they're obsessed with each other, whether that's like they're fighting or whether that's like they're like. Yeah. And you see it in different degrees. Obviously, not every person like different couples survive to different amounts in the show. Straight so. guys are obsessed with picking obsessed with picking up the girl and throwing them <laughs> on the bed. Yeah. I'm like, why are you always they're always like it, like the musical star? Like, and then he'll just be like <laughs> and pick her up and like throw on the bench. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, it's really interesting okay. to see like the cultural influences into like relationships which i'm sure would exist in any it's so rhythm. much more gendered like yeah, gender binaries like that's like literally her being like oh you're so big around me i just <laughs> and the girl's like i just want to be held by a big boy and it's like whoa okay <laughs> okay one thing i want to like we have to face off on is for some reason greg thinks that this will not be not that you don't think it'll become a second season but you're just like oh, oh it won't do well after no, season one. no 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 this isn't gonna be a phenomenal forever i'm like this show is a hit and it is here to stay okay it's obviously gonna have a second season i'm not saying that i'm saying like <laughs> the the fascination and the way that it has worked so well and that excitement of watching and going how did this happen and did these people think it was real? Like all of that will be taken away in the second season because everyone will have seen this, that it just won't ever be the same. And it, not it maybe to say won't that be that the same, but I still think there's so I don't think you watch that much reality TV. I don't. And and I actually a, couldn't finish. They find it. a lot of. Yeah. So also Greg did not finish. And if you haven't finished, <laughs> get to the end. It is freaking crazy. Okay. I honestly was like, I, I was like, Mitch, can we play? Please watch this at 1.5 times this week. No, and you wanted to skip an episode. I was like, they're going to meet the families. We're not skipping. No, I just like, sometimes with reality TV, I'm like, there's a moment where you listen to Nick Lachey and- Oh, skip those parts. Like, talk for eight minutes about what's happening. I'm like, I know what's happening. Like, this show is very simple. Just get to it. But to be fair, Nick Lachey and his, I don't know his wife's name. So Is she famous? I don't know. But they only come, we watched this all when it was all out, whereas it came out in three episode stints and Nick Lachey only comes in at the beginning of each so I feel like it's a it's a recap for anyone who's just like jumping I love off. or it's been a while and they want to be recapped I'm just letting you know why okay it was <laughs> actually eight minutes and 37 seconds I checked and I was like that <laughs> is a poorly edited show no you're wrong it had that Mitch. included that included the recap like intro that was what I think included like, them all coming downstairs and sitting together and then Nick Lachey and his wife coming out okay. so like maybe it was six minutes okay fine <laughs> then my issue with reality TV is that there's just way too much filler like getting to the, the last 30 seconds where someone fights and I'm like that's all I wanted to say but to be honest this show is not that there's not that much filler Okay, you are so your mesolimbic system is in love, and you are distracted it was by a this crazy show. Crazy show, and I think you do I love think, it. You, you do know, feel love for well, the show. I think, like, I don't really watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, but I have in the past, and those shows have been on for about like two decades. This magic isn't just going to run out instantly. Yes, there'll be people who now want to go on the show and maybe realize. I'm sure a lot of these people did not think they were going on a show where they'd be famous necessarily. Whereas now when people apply, they'll be like, I might actually become famous. And as a result, I need to find someone to fall in love with. Because, you know, this show starts with like 30 people or something like but that. But also people, there is another part of me, this is me also justifying a second season. There is another part of me that's like, people just want to figure out an efficient way to fall in love. This yeah. is a great way to do it. That's what I'm saying. There's like, lots of people in the world that'll be like, is exhausting. I have been trying to fall in love and now I want to go on the and show. And they all are agreeing that they want to get married. That's a big step. So that's a, like already I would say your... from the get-go, the biggest flaw of this show was that they're all young, attractive people. And I thought it would be so much more interesting if there was like a lot more diversity if there were older people if there are people of varying sizes if there yeah. are people of a much more that's what diverse you would think background. the log line of the show yeah because i thought yeah. that'd be more interesting if somebody who was really young ended up with somebody really i mean that was part of a bit of a storyline in this but it's not like it was that big of an age gap and so i just thought that would be more interesting well there you go season two netflix uh, yeah and i think now uh-huh. the show is probably gonna get a way bigger not necessarily a way bigger budget but it is so poorly like there's scenes where i'm like the sun is so bright that you can only see their mouth and they're like dark eyes and they're like i fell in love today you're it like, is, this is weird horrible lighting it's really poorly produced and the I music think is the so funny it's like sometimes it's halsey sometimes Knock off yeah like sometimes it's like blink 182 like it's just like they're just like a siphon dungeon yeah. sometimes i'm like it's this 
kind of is the new Harry Styles album. Like, it's like so <laughs> weird. I'm like, they obviously paid someone to make legitimate music that sounds like current music, but didn't like they didn't want to pay any royalties. Like, it's just like, yeah, like. I'm like, did a computer make this? Maybe. <laughs> like, it's so it's like weird. when Spotify makes music just because they don't want to pay artists. They just like knock off other music. You know what I mean? Yeah, honestly, it is. It, it was, it, it, it all sounded like something else, but then you, like, one was like a Heim song. I was like, this is literally almost exactly and they, a it's Heim not song. even like words. It's like, or, sorry, it's it's like the words together don't make, it's words, but there's like but not sentences. Can't it's hear. like, love and turkey table. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> But you're like, yeah, I feel that love and turkey okay, table. Mitch does. Um, <laughs> Mitch had a hard time, and and also I was like, okay, this is such mindless TV. Okay, Greg doesn't like reality. <laughs> let's be, let's be real. Greg does not like reality TV. The, our two friends were here when we were watching this. They not were the on their phones the whole time with me. Yeah, but they also appreciate it in a different okay, way. Okay, I'm not. No, what I was you trying do to not say. Appreciate. No, I'm trying to get to my point, which is that the show's on. Okay, simple, simple, simple. They they. Watch the highlights. You could watch the whole thing in 50 minutes. Just highlight of each episode. But you would miss Simple so much. Plot. I would be like, okay, Mitch, like, maybe we could chat about something while it's on in the background. Mitch would press pause on the TV <laughs> and look at me and be like, sorry, I can't do two things at once. What? And I'm like, okay, no, I just thought maybe we could have a conversation <laughs> or like plan the day or like talk about where we could go for dinner tomorrow while it's on. And you would be like, no, I can't. I'm watching the I show. I don't understand people who can disengage from any, like even a movie. I never will have my phone on unless... I, now, I love Survivor and I love challenge shows, but during a challenge, for example, when they're racing and stuff, when there's no talking, I can go in and out of my That's phone. That's so funny. That's part of Survivor I love to watch. I do. I also don't really go on my phone, but that's the only time if I was marathoning a season because I was really behind, I might actually go huh. on my phone during then because it's the only time my brain can multitask because I don't need to actually hear or understand them. I can see what's happening. That's so funny. It's the opposite for me because I'm like, I can hear them talking so I don't need to But you don't. I asked you what they said and then you were like, made something up that oh, was I, totally there, Okay, there obviously there was points where I was literally reading the New York Times while watching <laughs> this and like I was invested in reading and Mitch would be like, do you know what just happened? And I'd be like, then I wouldn't know. But I was like, <laughs> it's just I know me. when I need the to The social watch. dynamics, that's why I like Survivor, that's why I like yeah. Big Brother. It's what I get into and so I just was like, it's actually really fascinating to watch and you, I get so much more out of actually understanding what they're saying and stuff. And I've never had the Netflix thing pop up and it popped up for us when we were first watching it. I was truly glued to the first six episodes. Yeah. It just felt, it was just a bit too much for me. I think I, it was like over time I was like, I need this to be like wrapped up where, but I am, I was hooked. I was hooked in. Well, okay. Speaking of wrapped up, we'll wrap up this. My guys, my last question is a, will you finish the series? Okay, because you you're like question. you have maybe like three episodes left. Right? Okay, Something yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, oh, that's I have to answer that right now. I'm yeah. literally <laughs> trying to buy time. I'm like, well, <laughs> you probably um, won't. I feel, but maybe you could just watch the last episode because it is juicy. Yeah, no, I think I would rather if you tell me it's juicy. This is one thing I like to no, do. No, I'm you. just like you won't even like it. You don't even. No, I will. It. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I like when people watch a full Survivor season for me and then tell me it's good. Then I'll watch it because I get really also like. I need a payoff. And so if I know there's a payoff, so I'll watch it. I will watch it. That's okay. But the next. payoff only exists if you know that sometimes you won't get it. So you have to go. Okay, that's Greg, projecting okay, Gregory, your reality TV. Gregory thing. Brown, you have to go through life experiencing ups and downs. Your tattoo is literally a wavelength. If you don't go through the You're downs. You're stretching with If you don't go through means. the downs, you can't experience the ups. And so some seasons are not as good, but that makes you appreciate Okay, my tattoo has nothing season. to do with reality TV. Okay, what's your next question? Well, it was... <laughs> Are we watching the reunion in like four days? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's gonna be the day after this podcast comes out, probably. Um, yeah, yeah. I I love a cultural moment. I love. I bet we're all gonna watch it. America. Yeah. Well, then Canada, I'm saying the world's gonna, watching. You gotta finish the season so we can watch. It. Yeah, yeah. But I did think that at dinner you could catch me up and I'd watch like <laughs> the best parts. Like kind of. Yeah, it, you could fair. show it to me as like. I a, will do that, but then I just get annoyed because you just like you make fun of things and you don't like them, and then I'm like, well, you don't have the whole context because now you haven't watched the whole episode. It's like, maybe I'm not going to show them to you. No, but I have enough context. <laughs> I've like invested a lot more than I have with any reality TV show, except That's for Survivor, true. which I really like. Okay, I don't have any. Yeah. Okay, I have questions for you. Would you go on this? No. Like if there was like a gay <laughs> version and like... And I was single? Oh my God, a gay version would be so interesting. Yeah, I'm really curious. I, I would not ever go on this show. Why? 
because it has you nothing. You hopped on Big Brother, you lab rat. Because that was a strategy game. I'm not like playing with my real oh, life guess, on like, Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, like also I. Well, okay, <laughs> if you were single, would you go on this show? That's what I was saying. No. Okay. I obviously wasn't saying if I'm in a relationship, I wouldn't go on. Um, if I was single, I would not go on this show because. Okay, so to be fair, it's hard for me to exactly know who I would be if I was single because we've been in a relationship for 13 years. Yeah. So like a lot of time has passed, but. I don't think I, I'm not usually that interested in these kinds of shows. And even Big Brother, the non-North American versions, I would never go on because they're not strategy games. Okay, what would you do? You're in the office. There's a big, you know, oak table in front of you. Everyone's trying to figure out season two. You work at Netflix. What would you like say to make season two even better? Well, first I got to like figure out someone who actually understands lighting <laughs> and audio and like all, they just need a better like crew. Okay. Um, but I think they I definitely, love that sort of like, like also it did bad, add to it. Like, it Airbnb felt kind of the aesthetic yeah. of like, they all had like, you know, like, but those, they like, can amp it up. Everything deserves a little bit of, you know, a trajectory of getting better. But I think they have to like switch it up a little bit. They'll add some, a few new elements. Like I said, I would love to see more diversity because all of them, when they saw each other for the first time, they were just like, wow, you're literally fucking so hot. Okay, wow, Mitch, you're yelling. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know if they ever went, wow, you're literally fucking so hot. <laughs> Sorry. I more just went like, they didn't have any option but to feel that because everyone was so attractive. Yeah, that's true. That Not that I'm saying they have to put unattractive, but I kind of am like, why are they only casting beautiful That was people? the first thing, the first thing we all Because it also like, would be interesting for someone to see someone that they actually don't find attractive and then test, but I love you. It's you Hollywood, I mean? baby. So anyway, you're right. It is. Uh, so that's, and the last thing I would say is just like play with the format a bit, have fun. I, I loved it, but they got to now like give us a bit of a surprise for next time. So, Everyone's by. I mean, that would be really exciting, but I don't think that would just be so much work to figure out like how to match. Okay, fine. Everyone's queer. No, that would not work. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you done? You're the one who just went like you're, I could talk about ear it ear to ear because we're talking about love is blind. I could talk about it. For, I'm like, are people still listening? Cause we stopped talking about the science stuff. I don't know. I think it was so interesting and I really loved it. I haven't been sucked into a reality show like that in a long time. Sunday morning and you were watching it. That's a, that's a sign Yeah, on a beautiful sunny day. Yeah. I was like, I, I was up late last night and started like the second last episode hooks you. So I, I was going to go to bed, but then I was like, I can't not watch. So then I watched the first part of the finale and then was like, okay, I'm so tired. I have to go to bed now. But then I got up immediately. And okay. It. Quickly. Best, uh, impression of Giannini. Giannini. Oh my God. Now I can't think of it. Uh, wait, are you, you want to do it? No, you go, 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 go. Oh, uh, what? I'm not an impressionist. Um, she's like, you know, I just have been feeling. Uh, <laughs> That's good. A myriad of emotions and what? What's his name? What's her partner's name? Damien. Damien. She's like, Damien is everything. And I don't know if we'll be together forever, but I'm willing to go there. I don't know. No, <laughs> that was good. She like really talks. She slow. has like a weird way. And, and I find her one of the most interesting yeah. characters because I don't know anyone like that. And she life. talks slow. And then again, the sentence and ends and you're like, you didn't say anything. <laughs> like, it's like you actually you do just, one. You do one. Wait, who? No, just tell me who. Cause I don't no, know. I think she's the funniest. Okay. Who else? Like, Cause I can't do it. What about the science guy? What's his name? Oh, Cameron? he's like, wait, you mean the one who's like with Lauren? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know. Uh, I love her so much. <laughs> the first time that I saw her, I thought to myself, this most gorgeous girl I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, I actually was in um, a rap group growing up. Yeah, I am. I am. White. Uh, oh my god! I don't know if you there's know this, a really cringy but I fart. am white. Uh, <laughs> but I was in a rap. Oh, you want me to rap? Okay. So I go to the school. And oh I my get god! Okay. My Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I don't think I've ever truly like felt the need to leave a room more than when he was like, "I'm in a rap for uh, my new black girlfriend and her <laughs> black mom." Sincerely, while they look me in the eyes, and a cameraman is holding a camera, like. <laughs> 
I would just be like, no, I, l- I do love you, but we are not getting married. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that is insane. Oh, my gosh. Okay. He's thick, though. He's a thick daddy. Okay, let's go. Um, I could talk forever, but I want to – I'm curious what everyone – I mean, I kind of know other people's opinions because everyone's talking about it on Twitter, but use the hashtag Side Note Podcast if you We want to know the Side Note Podcast <laughs> listeners and Love is Blind overlap, so let us know uh, if you watch the show. And how far you are, who is your favorite, what moments you loved. Shame Greg for not actually appreciating the glory that is reality TV and basking in every minute and even making it to the finale. Uh, otherwise, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.